Welcome, welcome to Mozzie and the Muscle, our show about all things football and, well, maybe just a few things outside of that. We are not reporters, we are not journalists, but damn it, we do love to talk about it. Welcome in to Mozzie and the Muscle. I am the Muscle, joined by my co-host in the Capitol, whose takes and picks are magical. Mozzie. Hey, there we are. Uh, how you doing, man? I'm good, I'm good. You know, it took me a moment to figure out a rhyme for Capitol. I had to go with a near rhyme, because mm. I don't know if there's, like, many real words that rhyme with Capitol, but magical is good enough. Yeah, no, I like that. I think I think that works. I mean, I, I liked it. <laughs> yeah, and um, as far as your picks, they were definitely uh, more magical than mine were. And uh, we, had a, we had a lot of unexpected outcomes that we're going to get to as we, as we review these games. Um, maybe a rant or two about a team or two, but, you know. Maybe, maybe after the what we saw. I think it's warranted. I felt like we were, we were very, very right on some things, and then there were just a few things we were... Very, very wrong on. And some of those, I don't know if we're necessarily predictable, but... Yeah, there, there I think, were one I think or we did two. pretty well. Yeah, some of them maybe were, like, oversight. Some of them were just, you know, week one craziness shit happens. And uh, to kind of recap, so you went 10-6 and six on your picks. I went 8-8. Eight and eight. Uh, I think the, the difference was, like, Arizona and Houston that you'd called. Right. Yeah, the Houston call was nice. The Arizona, man, that Tennessee-Arizona game was a tough pick to make did not really go how i envisioned yeah the upset going <laughs> and that's why i almost put it in the got this wrong too because my take was originally arizona tennessee this will be a close high scoring game where arizona pulls ahead because their kicker i trust their kicker to make that three when they need it not this is a blowout <laughs> In yeah, the highest proportions and Tennessee's offense. Yeah, that one was wild, but we'll get to that uh, shortly. I guess we can start with Thursday night, the uh, Dallas at Tampa game. We both had Tampa. Tampa won. Uh, mm-hmm. I was glad that Dallas was competitive and it was a good game. <laughs> that honestly made me happy because I didn't want Tampa to just steamroll them. I think this one went pretty close to what we thought would happen, and that was Dallas's like offense doing pretty well. But Tampa ultimately winning and also mm-hmm. looking good, but Dallas not being like a scrub in this game. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I think what we mentioned was Tampa has a very good defense, but if they can't really get pressure with their front because the O-line is doing their job, their secondary is definitely susceptible, especially if they've got, I don't know, three really good mm-hmm. receiving options uh, for all those corners to handle. And I think that's pretty much what we saw is you do need a strong O-line to uh, really make the defense, uh, their aggression not really work in their favor, uh, which is what we saw. And I don't know, it was a pretty good game. Yeah, I, it was a great opener to the season. It's all, It always sucks when, it's like that week one, like the one, the week one primetime games just blow. It's always a bad time. And we got, now. we got, I'd say two of three were pretty good ones. I know one thing we mentioned was generally on Thursday, taking the over is really risky because it's a short week. 
But when it's game one of the season, not really. Yeah, it's a different it, scenario. <laughs> yeah, they've been preparing for this game for a while. Mm-hmm. But uh, the uh, the the A B banger worked out. C D was solid. Uh, uh, Amari popped off, but with uh, with Gallup out now, um, he's out. I think like six ish weeks or so. Uh, yep. It's gonna be just a funnel to those two constantly, and. In my opinion, and this is something we talked about in the offseason when we talked about um, there are a few receivers where mm-hmm. if one of the guys ahead of them goes down, like then he he's the obvious next guy up and will be valuable. That would be uh, Cedric Wilson. Unfortunately, yep. this is going to be out uh, after waivers run, but Cedric Wilson is someone we're definitely going to be bringing up on future episodes. Definitely. It's someone we brought up in the offseason as if someone gets hurt from the main trio – of Cooper, Gallup, and Lamb. If one of them gets hurt, you should have Cedric Wilson. Mm-hmm. And, and it ha- I didn't expect it to happen this quickly. I'm very <laughs> sad. but Yeah, bummer. But, uh, you know, injuries happen, and it's unfortunate that uh, this, this team with that star, not, I don't know if it's the star trio, but studly trio, I would say two stars and then a really good third. Uh, this is that really good third now. And then they also... We'll be getting Zach Martin back, who was out this game, but I guess Lyle Collins is suspended now, so that sucks. That was pretty surprising. Five games kind of out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. I was assu- I, I didn't see what it was for. Was it uh, PEDs? Or- yeah, uh, yeah, substance abuse. Uh, okay. Five, five games. Yeah, that's unfortunate. I, I saw there's like a small chance it could be lifted or reduced because he's appealing it, but eh. Yeah, it's always they always appeal it. Mm-hmm. I don't know how often it works unless they have a really good case. We will see. Hopefully for the Cowboys, he wins it. But I think most people watch this game, so we don't need to get too deep into it. I guess we can move on to um, uh, Philly at Atlanta. <laughs> All right, now this was a miss for us. Uh, yes. Well, somewhat. I definitely know, at least on my side, I was pretty high on the Eagles offense. And I... So this game, it went half of what I expected. I expected the Eagles to get a good amount of points this game in the upper 20s. I did not expect Atlanta to not be right there with them offensively. I thought this was going to be a little bit more back and forth, especially with you've got Matt Ryan, Calvin Ridley, Kyle Pitts coming in. And uh, Arthur Smith had a pretty rough game. This is definitely one you and I both went back and watched yeah. on an individual time. I think we can both agree that Arthur Smith's play calling was really puzzling. Um, yeah. He waited a really long time to abandon the run game, and he was using Mike Davis. Mike Davis was on almost 30 of their 50 like snaps, as in the ball went to Mike Davis, I think, 20-something times out of their 50 total plays. And when you're losing like that, I mean, it was kind of close for a lot of the game, but he took way too long to start heaving it downfield. And it was, yeah, it was not inspiring on, unfortunately, the Falcon side. But I think it'll get better. I really do. I don't think it's it's stuck there. I, I hope it gets better. I'm, it's not going to stay this bad, but I am not sure what the, like, how much improvement we'll see. Because this, so the Falcons were pretty much the most cap fucked team coming into this year in terms of like money tied up and money going to players on the roster this this that there are a couple like things of analysis where the falcons are in cap hell right now and so them being bad would sort of be an expectation almost with that with that being said this this was this was terrible like you said mike davis got 
And I'm not trying to shit on Mike Davis. Like, that's not it's not his fault he's getting the ball. And, like, early on, the, it was going well for them running the ball. Cordero well, yeah, Patterson was, was running was, well. Yeah. Mike it Davis was running well to start. Effective. Yeah. But when Philly adjusted, he didn't adjust. And that was that was the story of the game. They did not adjust to anything. Arthur Smith got outcoached so badly. That, like, when I was watching that through the game, I saw... I don't know how many times the Falcons would run right by Jalen Hurts, and he'd like either he would get they would get pushed away by like his lineman, or Hurts would like whoop, out of the way, you know, like this little scoot, and then you know either run or make a play through the air. And I was like, okay, this happened all the first half. Maybe they'll adjust instead of having you know the ends rush. They'll have a contain. Maybe they'll keep a spy. Maybe they'll you know send fewer. Maybe they'll stop fucking blitzing ineffectively. I don't know. But they didn't change anything on offense or defense. Maybe they needed some preseason time. I don't fucking know. It was it was a really rough showing. They like they got they had so many penalties too that screwed up all their drives. But so both teams had a ton of penalties. But the Falcons, I believe, had more penalty yardage in total. But it really it screwed felt them like over. every time they would get a first down on their first play of the drive it would get called back for holding or something. And it was as if every down was longer than 10 yards. I think almost <laughs> all of their their penalties were on offense was the other thing. I think the Eagles might have spread theirs around a bit more, but it was really hard to watch. It was penalty after penalty on the offense. Uh-huh. And-, and I was going to say, one of them that I kept seeing was this rub route confusion, which is essentially, yeah. I think, on yeah, you know what I'm talking yeah. about. Is at the beginning of the game, Zach Ertz of the Eagles did this. And oh, he did it correctly. Side, yeah. yeah, he did it correctly at the very beginning of the game, where basically he was just kind of standing out there, um, and his body alone was taking up space for the corner to make a tackle on the guy about to get the ball. And then I saw the Falcons trying to do it yep. as well. And <laughs> I saw work. them do it. Two or three times and get penalized for it because they were doing it too aggressively, where their yeah, like other receiver was actually coming back into a play, yeah, and making a pick play, and that was what was getting called. And it, I just, I kept seeing Arthur Smith shaking his head on the sideline, like, "Come on!" And I'm like, "Dude, this is your fault." Like, <laughs> yeah, you have to coach this better. This, uh-huh. is, this is a very nuanced play to be trying to taking advantage of, you know, a certain play call. Mm-hmm. And that's something that where. These guys got pretty much no preseason run. If you're going to be having your receivers do like the, the rubber outs and the pick plays, you need them to have practice. And I guess this was a practice game. I don't know. I'm hoping they design more for Kyle Pitts in the upcoming games and try to get him more involved on screens. But this game was just very uncreative. Like we said, they ran effectively to start and then the Eagles adjusted it and the Falcons just did the same thing over and over. And it, yep. when, like, when Cordero Patterson. Listen, Corderell is a great player with a ball in his hands, but he should not be your leading yardage getter. <laughs> that, that's, <laughs> I don't know how else to put it. Yeah. So, I mean, when you look at how many targets Calvin Ridley had, at, like, throughout the game, it was, like, he didn't have enough. Mm-hmm. Okay, wait, actually, no, I think Mike Davis technically outgained him. I was looking at rushing yardage, but when you can buy and receiving and rushing Mike Davis, I'll gain them. But your top two yardage gainers were Patterson and Mike Davis, and then Calvin Ridley. So that's a fuck up. Yep. 
yeah, Ridley had so many targets to open the game, and then just he and Pitts both had eight targets. With the H, the eight targets is reassuring for Pitts, but yeah, I ultimately I felt as if um, you know I I think the Falcons defense will gel as the season goes on, which we've seen before. Um, we've seen this happen multiple times, and I hate saying it again, but hopefully it's one of the last years for it with Dean Pease. I think maybe there's a bit of a a scheme adjustment that they're making that's a little bit difficult for them. Um, but I expect the defense actually to improve. I'm just, I, I'm really puzzled by the offense this game. I know part of it was because of the O-line. Yes, uh, the their left guard there, is yep. so bad. <laughs> Holy shit. He was getting they, his yeah. shit rocked all game, dude. It was bad. Um, and, yeah. Who who was it again? It was uh, Mayfield, his last name's right? Yeah, Mayfield. Like, it was basically like Baker Mayfield was in there at left tackle. That's how bad it was. Yeah, I mean, he's a uh, he's a rookie, and it showed. They were really taking advantage of him, that that Eagles defensive front, which we know is good. It's one of the best parts of the Eagles defense is mm-hmm. their Brandon Graham and uh, who's the other guy? Fletcher Cox and one other guy, but I forget. But in terms of the Eagles, like we said, their front's good. Jalen Hurts had a really good game. Oh, yeah. Three passing touchdowns, 60, 60 rushing yards. That's always what you like to see. Of course, we had uh, Miles Sanders getting cucked on touchdowns. It's not an Eagles oh, game without it. Of but course. Kenneth Gainwell is someone I'm keeping an eye on for sure. He's definitely like a PPR league ad. Someone to for sure keep an eye on if Sanders goes down. I guess Gainwell just passed Boston Scott on the depth chart. That's what I was going to say is I think with the new regime, even though he still have Roseman at GM, like he he did draft Gainwell. Mm-hmm. And... Well, I've seen the front office, you know, influence things on the field before, which I think we both agreed is usually not good. But Kenneth Gainwell, <laughs> I think, is probably the two. Yeah, he's uh, someone we liked too coming into the draft. So, but, um, but and uh, yeah. I guess last Devonte Smith. I mean, oh I yeah. Kind of. We immediately said like him and Hertz should just make so much sense for this to work out well, and he was immediately just gelling with him, and that was that was cool to see. Uh-huh. And Ragor had a solid game, too, so we yeah. had some hope for him moving forward, too. But we can go ahead and move forward to the next game as well. We have Pittsburgh at Buffalo. We both picked Buffalo here, and, man, I got to say, there was a lot of underachieving in this game when I went back through this. Oh, both sides. Yeah. It was gross. There, there was some good defense on both sides, but Jalen should have had two more touchdowns. He overthrew a wide-open Emmanuel Sanders on a deep bomb. And then, uh, so this was, a, and then he had one with Diggs where he, he would have made, he made this play last year regularly, but he just didn't against the Steelers on Sunday. Basically he, Diggs was open, but Jalen had to lead him right a little bit for Diggs to like run under it, but he just threw it where the defender could still break it up. So mm. for last year's Jalen, that would have been two more touchdowns when he was hitting those, but his, his deep ball inconsistency on the accuracy front kind of reared its head again like we saw like we've seen from past Jalen so yeah it was it was one of those days where the Bills should have had more offense and honestly the Steelers should have too they had two drives get really close down to the goal line but they couldn't convert and man but like the combo of this offensive line and Ben Roethlisberger is not doing this team any favors like (laughs) oh no there are lines bad yeah and it, it would be one thing if this was like old Ben where he could move around and everything, but this current iteration of Ben is not <laughs> able to handle this O-line. So there were times where, you know, the pressure got to him just so quickly, or 
he was okay. And I'm gonna say I'm not gonna say washed, but some throws he just missed. So and man, this trio of receivers is so good. If they had a quarterback in it, like if they had prime Big Ben or even like four or five years ago, Ben, this would yeah. be a whole different offense. But my prediction of Ben leading the league in pass attempts, I'm probably going to reel that back on that bold prediction and say if he does lead the league in pass attempts, it's probably really not good for this team at this point. But yeah, they do have a stud that you're like watching back through the game. Holy moly, they're all so fucking good. I know Juju has caught some flack, but he is really good still. Yeah, definitely. And he's kind of in it for the ride, like, you know, the Ben Roethlisberger you know, last season, mm-hmm. pretty much. I think it's pretty set in stone this will be his last year, especially after that. Uh-huh. I think I think Sanders, though, is someone who should have had a lot bigger of a week. With one, that missed touchdown, and two, Gabe Davis was in, I assume, for Sanders on his touchdown. So... Mm-hmm. But Sanders looked really good. He does not look as old as he is. I think he's like 34 or 35 now. But yeah, he's still playing super he's still playing super effectively. So I'm like I think there will be more good days to come for the Bills. With the Steelers, I think it's gonna depend on the opponent for how effective the offense is as a whole. But both sides underachieved today, and I I would lean that, you know, they're good enough teams that they'll sort of pick it up. They'll figure it out. Yeah, I so, think both of them will. Yeah, Emmanuel Sanders is thirty four and a half. He has been around, man. Uh huh. I was worried about that foot issue coming into the season, but he's been balling out. So, yeah, you had more eyes on this one than me, but mm-hmm. I, we both knew like the Steelers' O line was going to be a liability, and uh, it is. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, like this is one of those games where I was watching it and I was like, man, the Bills probably should have won this, but then I was like, you know, the Steelers left a lot of points on the board too. So it happens, and of course, you know, we had uh, some Jalen fumbling. And then uh, I think Singletary looked pretty decent, too. He did. His O-line doesn't do him any favors with its blocking, but he did look solid. Yeah, more more like the Singletary we were hoping for previously. So that's nice. But ultimately a bummer game for the Bills. Like, that just, you know, yeah, not inspiring. It was not <laughs> for either team. <laughs> so next up, we had Minnesota at Cincy. We both took Minnesota. This is one of those ones where I think we were both kind of back and forth on it and like you know if we had to pick this as an upset for Cincy it wouldn't be the end of the world we thought Minnesota would get started a little better with everyone healthy but it it was it was rough and then Cincy kept trying to give this game back to him and this game took all of OT (laughs) to get finished dude Uh. well when we were doing the Minnesota schedules I was like man I have to give them a few because right now they have like four wins and I'm Mm -hmm. like that's probably not gonna happen I ended up giving them this one because I think they're like it's game one and they have most of their people to start at least um since he tried to give them this game but they didn't yeah there there was a fourth and one on their own 30 that they went for and they ran just right into the Vikings D line which if you're going to tag the Vikings defense, the Cincinnati did through the air all day, just fine. Like, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins were just burning corners all day on, on the Vikings. Right. But they're like, no, we're going to keep running Joe Mixon right into uh, Tomlinson and <laughs> just give the ball. To, like, and that's where the Vikings like started coming back. It's like, you guys, that's the one. That was one where I'm like, if you're going to go for it, please pass or just punt. Just hit it, hit, uh, hit Uzoma or Uzuma in the, yeah. in the flat there or something, you know? Big Uzi. Boom, boom. Big Uzi. Uh-huh. I honestly, like, <laughs> when Cincinnati runs more than they pass it today, it's a really weird day. <laughs> I honestly <laughs> think they should have passed more. They had a lot of early down runs where, it, you know, it's not like it was 
super ineffective all the time, but when you have Burrow with Chase, Higgins, and Boyd, I feel like you should be passing more than you run most days. And they might have gotten I, too yeah. conservative with the lead. I They definitely did, and that was a problem. They they did this, start doing the prevent stuff when they had the big lead, and that's that's a pretty bad idea when you're going against a team that might only exclusively be able to score on big plays from Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, you know? Yeah, but on, on the Vikings side, though, so KJ Osborne is the <laughs> like the distribution one is expected, except for KJ Osborne, who second year guy, um, he just randomly got a bunch of targets and looked solid. So I guess they have a third receiver for when they go in eleven personnel. There we go. Uh, he's pretty young too. Uh-huh. Uh, he was twenty twenty draft. So, uh, yeah, he's only that draft 24. is going to go down as such a good dude. That draft. receiver class was fucking bonkers, and if more guys keep showing up, holy shit. Yeah. And then we saw Tyler Conklin as the tight end to step <clears throat> up from him and Chris Herndon, which mm-hmm. I think was pretty much expected given how much the Vikings have raved about him. But the <laughs> we said don't be surprised if Adam Thielen gets tutties against Eli Apple, which he literally did. He put Eli <laughs> Apple on the ground, and it wasn't P.I. It was yeah. hilarious. Some things are just destined to happen. You just know. Uh-huh. But this was a really good win for the Bengals, even though they tried to give it away. And I think the Vikings, <laughs> man, it's going to be tough sledding for the Vikings this year at this rate. Kirk, like, Kirk looked kind of, I don't say aloof, but he held onto the ball too long at a lot of points. And that, That's his, like, signature move. Uh-huh. He, some of those sacks were his fault. Oh, definitely. He is not a fun, like, quarterback to guard for his alignment because he's just going to hold on to it until you can't hold on to your guy anymore. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, there was one where he stepped like right into where the like the his lineman was pushing the D lineman. It was like I'm like that was kind of funny. Like if Kirk Cousins had the processing speed of honestly Mac Jones, he'd be a really good quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, but yeah, this game went not exactly as expected, but but we expected this to be a close one. So it went pretty close to expected. I think for me, I would have just flipped the original score of 27-24 to yeah. be Vikings. And uh, I would have yeah. I would have given the mix and stat line to Cooks or to right. Cook and not yeah the other way around. And then uh yeah, so next up we had San Fran at Detroit. San Fran won this in what should have been more handily, but Detroit was the end of the pesky. Pesky that was, was such a fun game. Oh my goodness. Honestly the most hyped I got during these one o'clock games was that Lions final drive down the field right. like, with a chance to tie it. I was oh like, holy shit, they might they can do this. I was getting so hyped for the fucking Lions, dude. Right. Oh Dan my Campbell's gosh. got his team playing all four quarters, baby. Mm-hmm. Man. Absolutely. So we have the Hawkinson show. It's, oh, man. It's him. And then the running backs. The three leading target getters were Hawk <laughs> and the two running backs. And I, I'm going to, okay, I'm going to early victory lap a little bit. We'll see how it goes. Here but, we go. Here we go. It's, yeah. Yeah, so my prediction was that the Lions backfield would be a top five PPR backfield. I was like, combined, they'll all be top five in the, you know, in terms of, you know, we'll have like Browns, Panthers, blah, 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 Lions in the top five. So both of them were each top five running backs this week in PPR. So, yeah, I'm not sure if that's what we can expect every week, but they're going to be getting the ball a lot in the passing game. (laughs) With Jamal Williams, we saw it in Green Bay. 
And DeAndre Swift, that's his fucking thing. He's such a good pass catcher running back. And then Jamal Williams got the rushing TD. So they are, they both got touchdowns. They both got a lot of receptions. I mean, it's it's gold on that front. And then yeah, Hawkinson, man, what a guy. We got Gronkinson today. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, so Hawkinson had 10 targets. And then Swift and Williams combined for 20. Mm-hmm. 20 targets. Yep. <laughs> you love to see it, man. <laughs> love to um, see it. I think the most surprising stat to me was Goff throwing 57 times. Yeah. Which <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen often. Yeah, that's definitely in part to the way the Nate, like the way the game ended up going. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was definitely a shock to me. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't expect that to be typical. No, I but, don't think so. Yeah, I'm not sure how often they get behind 38 to 10. I mean, they'll play, they'll be playing from behind enough. But yeah, the Niners just really shouted out on him, and I think the Niners side we can start with the bummer of Raheem Mostert getting literally two carries and then being done for the year. You got to protect your knees when you go to play the Lions. Yeah. Yup. Yeah, I think it was two knee injuries, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a knee injury. The Lions, man, they took his kneecaps. They're biting them off. Uh, they have so. to appease the kneecap uh, Cthulhu entity. <laughs> Dan Campbell sold his soul to. Cap-thulu, yeah. Cap-thulu. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, so, yeah. So, Elijah Mitchell was the guy who took over. Trey Sermon was inactive hey. for this game. That was a weird one. I'm not sure if that was, like, Shanahan mm-hmm. trying to send some message. or So, if there's something he's we in the Shanahan doghouse is what I'm seeing. Yeah, and they're like, what the fuck was up with Ayuk? Like, was Ayuk hurt? Or, because I thought, didn't he return, like, some punts? He returned a punt, but he didn't really get any work on offense. So, I'm like, what the fuck? He did not get a single target and is not even on the receiving stat line. Yeah, he has a he had a punt return, so I'm really curious what that was about too. Like, I don't know if that's because he said he was trying to protect his hammy. He's like, why are you haven't returned a fucking punt? Then right. I'm, I'm confused. Maybe he returned a punt and he was like, ah, oh, shit. I don't know. So you're very likely to get injured on a punt or kick return. Those things are dangerous, man. Yeah, I'm not sure what that was about. But uh, Trey Sermon being in the doghouse of Shanahan is not good because we've seen that before. And if you don't climb your way out fast, you're toast. Yeah, with with Mostert Dunzo now, he'll Mostert now has the chance to kind of redeem himself. I feel like. Mm-hmm. So, or sorry, did, who did I say Mostert? Sorry, anyway, Sermon has a chance Sermon. to redeem himself now after right. Mostert is out. So <laughs> we'll see. But right now, Elijah Mitchell's the guy, I guess. Yeah, I mean, so he is an interesting name because he was a late round draft pick this past year, but he was on a lot of people's lists at running yeah. back. Like he was definitely like up. he was definitely the sleeper option for a lot of people. Right. And then and, uh, uh, he looked good. Mm-hmm. And we also saw Debo Samuel have himself a game. And Debo was someone that we were both like, what the fuck is up with his ADP in the offseason? He was one of those guys who was just going far too low. Yeah, injury problems over the past couple of years really shot down his uh, stock. But my God, did him. Yeah, that and the IU hype like pushed Debo down. And then Kittle didn't really have to do much. So. And more competitive games, I think we'll see more from Kittle. But sometimes, yeah, I think we expected that. I wasn't mm-hmm. high on him this week um, because I'm just like he just won't need to be used mm-hmm. to the Kittle extent because it won't be that close of a game. Yeah, and then we did see a smidgen of Trey Lance uh, come in, yeah, throw did. a touchdown, run a couple times. So, hey, he threw a touchdown. Yep, to his guy, dude. Trent Sherfield's his guy. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but moving on <laughs> to uh, Arizona at Tennessee. So this one was weird. Did so you 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 got more eyes on this than I did. 
Oh, yeah, this was definitely one of my, all right, what the hell happened here? Uh-huh. Um, this was a super, I mean, I definitely was higher on Arizona's defense stepping up this year than a lot of people. And a lot of that's just because, I mean, you look at the roster, they are really fast. They've got, I mean, I really like Saban Collins, the guy they drafted, and he's a pass rusher, and they still have Chandler Jones, who's really good. And now they got J.J. Watt, who, you know, he's not as fast as he used to be, but he is a permanent double team that people account for. They always put two people on him because he's J.J. Watt. He's really good. And I'm like, this is going to be a really opportunistic, fun defense. And I was a little hesitant on, like, taking that defensive, like, you know, dying on that hill for week one. Yeah, I guess the Titans. I was, I was like, you should add them and then wait a week because you'll have them for week two. Um, Tennessee. I watched this game start to finish, and I went back and watched it again. I can say, like, without a doubt, 90% of the things that went wrong for them was their offensive. Uh, their Oof, offensive line looked really disjointed, and their blocking assignments were all wrong. <laughs> they were not ready for this Cardinals defense <laughs> whatsoever. And Luan did get injured at one point. When he got injured, that's when Chandler Jones started piling on the sack numbers, too. Yeah. Well, I mean, Luan was struggling, too, when he was in. He was. And it's just their, uh, their right guard, Nate Davis, stinks. And <laughs> when you have a permanent hole in your line on the interior that's getting through to Tannehill, it puts a lot of pressure on the rest of the front, too. Um, and it was a liability. It really cost him. Because of all, like, because the O-line was so disjointed, their running scheme didn't make sense. They were running Henry right into the, right into traffic constantly, which we know, as people that love the muscle train, that's not how you use Henry. (laughs) He needs to be able to get to the second level, which means Uh he needs established run blocking because he's just a momentum train. Like, he needs a little bit of space. If you can give him a few yards of separation... He can really house it, but he was getting hit at or behind the line, like in his own backfield, all the time. And that right guard was the weak spot because every time they handed it off to Henry, there was someone coming through that B gap or whatever it was on that side and just wrapping it up his feet in the backfield. Uh, so there was a ton on the Tennessee offensive line that really just ruined all, like the whole game for them. Um, I guess, uh, like, the Cards are one of the teams that can really take advantage of that. Um, I I think against other teams that don't have as good of a pass rush, they'll be fine. But, like, Arizona's definitely got a really fast and young, speedy defense. And Byron Murphy's really good. He's their one corner that I mentioned that I like. Uh, I think he's pretty young, too. Yeah, they they improved a lot on defense, and... I wasn't sure how quickly it would translate. I didn't think it would translate this quickly, but yeah, they they ate up Tennessee, man. That was oh, that was goodness. tough. That was tough. Uh, I'm tr- I'm looking at my notes here as I wrote some down as I was watching. Uh, Hopkins, I just put Hopkins is fucking amazing. Yeah, I, uh, I saw the I saw some of the brief highlights as like I said, you got more eyes on the whole game, but the Hopkins touchdowns and the the current touchdowns were impressive. They were the, really the, good that too. ball tracking one. Holy moly, like. That was, I'm not going to say, like, I don't want to compare him to Lockett, but that was Lockett-esque ball tracking. It was. I did put here that I think Tennessee's defense is much better than last year, but playing against Kyler is like a cheat code, and it's not fair. Because his, 
Oh my, there were some really, like, Kyler moments where the backfield's destroyed, he's got the ball in his hands, there's people going for him left and right, and he is just Lamar Jacksoning, juking around people, but stays behind the line and is able to throw it deep for a big completion. That was the name of the game, was third down. Uh, Tennessee stunk on third down. I think Cardinals had, like, 56% on third down this game and scored on third down, like, several times. Yeah, man, the Cardinals are nuts this year, dude. Oh, if they had a good absurd. tight end, they would have gone nuts this game, too. <laughs> um, but then Tennessee's bad Dan against Arnold's the now. slot is another thing I wrote. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who, who do they have in the slot at a corner now? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but it was not It was not good. Something, yes. It, it's someone you want to target. We could, we'll dig in that as we go, but... Yeah, the, next week's going to be a good litmus test for these two teams. Uh, like if because if Arizona beats up on you know Minnesota, then we'll okay like okay like the, Minnesota belongs in this tier, Arizona's in this tier, and then Tennessee mm-hmm. needs to put out a good showing against Seattle. Otherwise, you know we're going to be like okay, this team may not be a contender. They might still win their division by default, but they may not be a contender. I'm trying to think if there were any like big takeaways. I just wanted to mention really quickly. I think. Um... Tennessee's defense is still really vulnerable against the run if their O-line play is good. Uh, They're vulnerable against the slot and, like, the tight end position. And then I think, uh, let's see. Like, I think the Cardinals' defense will definitely struggle more against teams that have, like, solid O-line play is the last thing. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what both of these teams put out in the future. So moving on to... Seattle at Indy, another NFC West, AFC South battle. And this game, I do this not game want tough. to watch this one. But <laughs> I forced myself to. Yeah, this this was the locket show. So I put in my notes the first thing: Chris Carson runs like there's a bear chasing him down from behind, <laughs> and that's why I feel like he gets banged up a lot. Is because he is just like out of my way. Don't you see this thing? Like, he's running from the demons, man. They are. He is just flying at the defense man, whenever he, he, he goes has ham. the ball in his hands. He, he does goes go ham. super ham, dude. <laughs> he's fun to watch, though. I like Chris Carson. Their run blocking is better. For... Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly, going back and, and watching it, I thought uh, Wentz actually has a pretty good game um, in a lot of ways. Their O-line really struggled. The Seattle defense was getting tons of pressure on him, and he was getting sacked a lot. Uh, One thing I did notice is when Wentz is about to get sacked, he immediately looks for his running backs. So he was doing checkdowns to Taylor and Hines all day. I think both of them had a ton of receptions. Yeah, they each got six catches. Uh, There we go. Uh (laughs) Uh, Which, honestly, like that's something this team should be doing because... I mean, we like Pittman, but it's not like they have, like, an all-star caliber of receivers or anything. No, it's true. And I honestly don't really like Doyle that much. Uh, I think they should let Mo Alley Cox be the guy. Over a yeah. Bit. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they need more Cox in that alley, man. They need more Cox in that alley. <laughs> Gosh, what a <laughs> fucking name, dude. It's never going to get old. I have a. A little bit of a bold prediction is that Michael Pittman will turn it on this at some point this year, but it might not be until uh, Eric Fisher comes back. Yeah, because they, they also get the Rams next week, and I do not expect him to beat Jalen Ramsey. <laughs> That's like no. Ramsey is the corner that would probably like shut down Pittman the best. It's he's, he's just a perfect match for him, like to cover him. Oh yeah. So this this one they actually they actually had 
Pascal out of the slot in this one, and then they put they put Paris on the outside a lot, which I didn't expect. I thought they would like mix those two around. Yeah, I thought that was a little interesting. I think that's why Pascal got so many looks. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he was one coming with touchdowns too. So, yup. One was oh my god, the Colts were another penalty machine on Sunday. Offensive line holding penalties. They, he uh, Taylor had a touchdown and got called back, and then it became. Uh, Pascal. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, so I'm looking through. I think they the Colts only had two penalties. Were they both offensive holding ones? or? Y- yup. Gotcha. <laughs> it was both times on the drive. Like, they have a great first down. They call it back, holding 10 yards. Now it's second and 22. It was, yeah. And Wentz was getting sacked a ton. Like, they were going backwards a yeah. lot on so drives. It, so how much of that is Wentz holding on too long? Because, like, I didn't get this watch this game which you did um how much of that was Wentz holding on too long and how much of that was o-line letting guys in right so i definitely looked for that mm-hmm. because yeah in my opinion your offensive line should be able to hold it for like at least three full seconds uh-huh. and a lot of times they weren't okay um, now there were uh, probably one or two where he did hold on to it too long um but a lot of it a lot of it was the seattle defense just getting in his face before that three seconds was even up they really struggled to protect him yeah, that the, the, the Seattle defense is going to really go after some bad O-lines as they get them this year. Who do they... I mean, honestly, like the Titans next week. I worry about the Titans this week because of they have to go to Seattle with that O-line. And after that performance, that might, that's going to be tough out for them. Yeah, so I put Seattle definitely improved their defensive line. Their defense up front is way better. Now, you can still run on them. You can still run on them, especially if your offense is doing well in the air, too. Um, but if you can only run the ball, then you're going to be in trouble with them. Yeah. Well, the, uh, the pass catching. So the running backs, like Taylor averaged 10 yards of reception and Hines averaged eight yards of reception. That's pretty effective. <laughs> so it's, oh, yeah. it might be a thing where they, by nature of being so aggressive, you know, those outlets to the running backs might be something you look for against them as we move forward when it's, when it's applicable, of course. Right. Um, yeah, I put Seahawks defense better, but still sus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wanna, I'm waiting until they play, like, a really, so, like, the Niners game's gonna be really telling, I think, for where they truly belong, that and the Rams and Steelers those next couple of weeks, so. I did have, I think one of my biggest notes was that, uh, Indy's safeties suck, mm. and that, that's bad. Especially against Lockett. Yeah, I'm like, and they get bailed out a little bit because Darius Leonard is very good, and but he only occupies like that safety, like crosses over to safety responsibilities, like in the front half of the defense. The second uh-huh. half, like they're kind of just out on their own. I think they're really susceptible to big plays, especially with Rhodes out. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. The no, the no Rhodes was big too. This game, I think. Rhodes closed, baby. <laughs> so. Next up, we've got the Jets at Carolina, and this is one that we thought was we had, we thought had the potential to go over, and this actually went under. That was the big like the game pretty much went entirely to script for me. It just each team scored one less touchdown than I thought, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, it was Carolina <laughs> getting out ahead, Jets kind of fighting back. Right. Uh, Corey Davis may have two touchdowns. There was. So, dude, that Elijah Moore one that was almost like a 50-yard bomb, not a touchdown, but like a super long bomb that was like oh, half know. a foot or less from working out, probably like a couple centimeters away from working out. I was like, oh, so close. 
so close. He definitely has the route running on point. Um, he just has to kind of get integrated there with the offense. He almost had that 50-yard catch. Yeah, that would have that would have been a beaut. But... Darnold, though, to Robbie. We knew it was coming. Yeah, we knew it, it was going to happen. I thought it was going to happen twice. It only happened once. Uh, it was his only catch of the day, but when it's one for 57-yard touchdown, yep. you know, that'll do. That's a Robbie day. Uh, it was mostly the McCaffrey show, though. Nine yeah. receptions, 21 carries. I mean, 30, 30 touches is just nutso, so... <laughs> Yeah, they both ran a little bit more than I was expecting. So I think the Jets will be kind of a pass funnel this year, just by nature. They still have Sheldon Rankins and Quinnen Williams and uh, C.J. Mosley. Like, they they definitely have some guys up front that can stop the run. Um, I'm pretty sure McCaffrey did most of his damage with his receptions, but I could be wrong. It it was pretty split. So we got uh, 98 yards on the ground, 89 yards in the air. Yep, that's a lot of yardage. <laughs> yeah, just goodness. just a bunch of yardage, and then uh, Terrace nine Marshall for nine. Yeah, <laughs> man, yeah, he's impressive. So yeah, Terrace Marshall, he almost had a touchdown. Darnold just missed him. Yep, would have been a really nice debut, but <laughs> he he definitely I mean, he got six targets. He's definitely someone you might be able to count on as the season moves on. But on the other side, the Jetso line man <laughs> can't catch a break. Oh, man. Lost Mackay Becton for... Uh, I thought it was a year-ender as soon as I saw it, but it looks like it wasn't. He dislocated his kneecap, which is very painful, and uh-huh. naturally assumed that he had, like, a, a patellar tear or something, mm-hmm. but thankfully it was not that. He is getting one of those, like, clean-up arthroscopies, but that's... Yeah, that that stinks. Yeah, it is a bummer, man. He, he's... he's <laughs> they're, I don't want to say best player, but definitely best lineman. So what they really need, because Zach Wilson took six sacks, man. Yeah. It's tough. I, this Jets D is one where, or this Jets offense is unfortunately one we're going to target with <laughs> with defenses. Oh, definitely. Especially with the line looking as it is. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, the Panthers defense is very fast. It's very young, and it's very fast, and it's definitely susceptible but it will make some plays here and there. What's his face is crazy fast. Brian Burns. Yeah, we, we talked the about edge. them being like opportunistic yeah. last year. Jeremy Chin is super young, super good. Um, Hassan Riddick has kind of found his place there, which is nice. Uh, Derek Brown was one of their early draft picks. He gets a lot of pressure up the center. Like their defense has some pieces. It's just not. Com- mm-hmm. And their secondary is unfortunately rather suspect still. But the Jets couldn't really take advantage of it. But it was their first game, like le- like legit first game. Yeah, <laughs> it <was> like, <laughs> so, this is like a whole new team, yeah. I was ultimately very happy with Wilson, I'll just mention, and I can go through with any of the rookie quarterbacks. But I was ultimately pretty happy with what I saw from him. He looked good. He didn't have a lot of time to throw, and he was making some really good plays. Yeah, so I think everyone who has a rookie quarterback they're rooting for probably feels, you know, halfway decent at least like after game one definitely but on the just before we move on so the backfield was gross ty johnson got like half the snaps and then michael carter and tevin coleman like pretty much split the other half and then so elijah moore stepped in and was the number two with mm-hmm. all those guys out but braxton barrios actually was the third snap getter um yeah denzel mims got three whole snaps so yep. they just need to trade him at this point if they don't like they him, should i guess him. man annoying 
I'm like, why Why are you doing Who did we say yesterday that he should go to that he'd be really good with? Oh, I I think I said the Raiders. That well, was, then uh, Brian that, Edwards finally turned it on in the fourth quarter. Yeah. So. <laughs> the Falcons <laughs> would make some sense, too. Yeah, Falcons. Mm. He's just in the wrong scheme. He was drafted for a completely different offense, and it, com- it changed in its yeah. entirety, and he's just not in the right place. Unfortunately. But I said he'll probably be a second team guy, hopefully. But moving yeah. on to Jacksonville at Houston, this was this was one of your calls, man. You nailed this one. This one, I yeah. It's just look, it was game one for a, a coach who's never done an NFL game. I'm like, there's no way Jacksonville comes out as ready for an NFL game as Houston does. It's just they've got veterans that know what they're doing, mm-hmm. and even. As lackluster as their roster is, they can definitely put up some points with Cooks and the left tackle and Taylor. Uh-huh. And uh, they actually outperformed my expectations. Yeah, like, I. so this is one of the games I did actually watch through chunks of. And this might have been, like, Tyrod Taylor's one of his best games as a pro, honestly, as far as passing goes. Right. We've seen, like, you know, more productive fantasy games from him, but the, his passing in this game, he and Cooks are on the same page. Cooks, oh, definitely. Cooks went up and got it a couple times, and that's not something you really attribute to Cooks a lot. He looked really awesome as de- as 100% the alpha receiver on this team. I mean, I'll, that wasn't really in question. But Tyrod almost got 300 passing yards, which I don't know if he's ever gotten there before in his career. So, <laughs> yeah, and then Mark Ingram with 26 touches. That's one of the things where I don't know how often we'll see that because I don't know how often Houston will have this game script. But we did see David Johnson be the clear like pass catching back, so uh-huh. he may be someone who would PPR leagues we look to a little more in games like next week where they play the Browns or you know any halfway decent team. I was definitely happy with my kicker prediction. Yeah, dude, Joey Sly. Joey out, Sly. He got a lot of points. This was my money making game. Nobody picked the Texans, and I made a bunch off of it. Nice. Yeah, three field goals and four extra points for thirteen total points for Joey Sly. There we go. Love to see it. And then on the <laughs> on the Jag side, so I was hoping I would see, you know, a little more redeeming quality out of the Trevor Lawrence picks, but they were they were all pretty rough, I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah, his picks were really bad, but his play was really good. Yeah. Like as a whole. Yeah. Outside of the picks, he was really good. <laughs> That's the thing. Right. Like, yeah, there was like three dumb picks, which I I want to give the benefit of the doubt and say rookie team behind trying to make too much happen. Of course, yeah. Honestly, like, their first, one of their early drives, let me see. Oh, yeah, their missed field goal drive, their second, their second drive they got. Lawrence, like, hit a great pass down to, I think it was Chark, and he just dropped it. Um, and then they decided to settle for a field goal, and they missed that. And then Houston got up 14-0, and I'm like, okay. Like, I assume this is where Uh-oh. shit hits the fan. They didn't come back and score a touchdown, but then Houston scored another field goal. And it just kind of stockpiled, you know, interception, interception. And by the end of the half, it was just, okay, Houston's up by 20. <laughs> Fuck it. So, but yeah, drop aside, Trevor did look fairly in sync with Shark on the big plays. But mm-hmm. he, he and Marvin Jones have a really good connection, though. Oh, definitely. And he got the late tutty. Which yeah, the nice. garbage time tutty. And then Chenault, I, like, they, they, they're manufacturing touches for him. But the backfield, man, what the fuck? The backfield was definitely. Uh, Carlos James Robinson Hadman. was barely used. Uh huh. He still he did get six targets, and he was the one that you know they got the pass catching work too. But yeah, you were hoping for more than five carries 
<laughs> but yeah, they got super behind. But this Jacksonville defense did not give them a chance. They are so bad. Yeah, it's bad. So, this is going to be one of those things where you can play anyone and everyone against Jacksonville, honestly. Next week, like the Broncos go to Jacksonville, oh. get some Javante, get some Noah Fant. Melvin Gordon get, still. Yeah, get literally anyone. <laughs> it's, Jacksonville's going to be just a feast. They play the Cardinals in week three, dude. Oh. Kyler is going to just go <laughs> nuclear on them. Oh, my gosh. The first quarterback to ever run for 600 yards. <laughs> 600 yards of total offense from one player. <laughs> it's, it honestly may not be an exaggeration. So, Yeah, uh, I, not a whole lot more probably on that game. Yeah. Um, I think, honestly... It, with Lawrence, it's you know he's making throws that y- you can make in college, but he's learning you can't make in the NFL, and that's fine. Yeah, I, he'll he'll be just fine, I believe. But yeah. he'll he'll be fantasy viable because of all this garbage time he's gonna get. So oh yeah. Mm-hmm. But moving on to the Chargers at Washington. This was a close game. This was the one that we'd called that ended up being an upset actually. So it, yeah. it moved to Washington favored, but. The, I think the storyline of this game was, unfortunately, Fitzmagic getting hurt. Unfortunately, yeah. And so he had what's called a subluxation, um, which is actually an injury I've had. But his was his hip. Mine was my shoulder. And that's where your joint, which is a ball and socket joint, and that's why this kind of injury only happens with your hip and shoulder, is your joint becomes disjointed and it pops out and then back in. And usually when it does that, it tears some of the cartilage around there, which is your labrum. Um, So Fitz needs to get surgery because this very specific injury is one of the dumbest injuries like (laughs) treatment plans I've ever seen in my life. And I've ranted about it before. But essentially what happens is most of the time people have this injury and their doctors are like, well, you can just get physical therapy and strengthen the area around it and you'll be fine. And you don't don't do that because they're wrong. It's a almost ninety percent chance that you will re-injure if you don't get surgery within the first five months. Damn, almost ninety percent. I believe it's over eighty-five percent of cases. People that do not get surgery re-injure in the exact same way within five months. And guess what? That happened exactly to me because I had a labral tear. I did not get surgery, and then within five months. I tore my labrum again and needed to go through surgery this time and physical therapy after, which ended up being a year and a half long injury that should have been six months. So he, please, for the love of God, Fitz, just get the surgery and you'll be fine. (laughs) That's that's my my medical rant (laughs) where I have a keen insight to it because I've had it before. But ugh. Yeah, it's a bummer. Especially if you're taking football hits. (laughs) Definitely make sure your shit's all good. Yeah, it's... It sucks to see Fitzpatrick go down. Everyone everyone loves Fitz, Fitzpatrick, so. Yeah. But Taylor Heineke took over, and okay. He, I don't think there's much of a drop-off. Can I give what... I don't know if this will be a hot take. I don't th- I don't know if Fitzpatrick will get this job back when he returns. Like They um, may just roll with Heineke if they think he gives them more promise. Uh, honestly, I'm in the same boat. I don't think there's much of an offensive like success drop off from Heineke to Fitzpatrick, and in fact, it was legs. Yeah, he like he's looked good when he's got. He's impressed chance. me in every game that he's played. Yeah, he has the it factor. It seems whatever that is, but yeah, he played well when he came in. And dude, that McLaurin catch, dude, oh. dude. <laughs> 
Scary that was Terry. fucking nuts, dude. And then, yeah, but Heineke, he loves Logan Thomas. We'll give McLaurin a chance to go get it. And he targeted Diami a few times, too. Diami is the clear number two receiver. Yep. He was in on 93% oh, of the so snaps. Excited. So He was Diami overthrown season. every time, which I just kind of, like, you know, <laughs> they, they've probably been, like, Diami was in the second team, and Heineke was, like, the first, and now they're switching, you know, like, back and forth. So oh, I think yeah, they, they just need to gel. Ever. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. So he yeah. was overthrown on like all of Heineke's passes, but he yeah. did get targets and he was on the field a lot. You know what? That's half the battle. <laughs> I was obviously so most of the battle. Brown. <laughs> Dude, great call made with him. And he with, with, solid. yeah, with that landing spot, that that got me on board too. I'm like, oh dude, oh man. And yeah, he's getting the playing time with Curtis Samuel out, so yep. it's time to shine. So yeah, what else did you see from this game? I guess on Washington or Chargers side. Yeah, so I did go back and watch this one, um, namely because the Chargers played Dallas this week, and I wanted to get a little insight. Oh, that's going to be a good um, game. There was a lot more running in this game uh, than other games. I think that was to be expected. It was kind of close and gross. Um, I think I can say that it's better to attack the Chargers with the run game. And a lot Probably, of that's because yeah. I think that's, yeah, it yeah. makes sense. With the kind of defensive scheme that uh, Brandon Staley does, it makes a lot of sense that they'll sell out to stop the pass as they he did with the Rams last year. They're still good. They're still going to do okay in stopping the run, but they have to wait for their safeties to come crashing down to stop it as opposed to them already being down there because that's their selling of the pass mm-hmm. is making sure they don't go deep. Um, so Gibson... Definitely had a pretty solid day. I mean, he was really pounding the ball through the uh, Chargers defense for a lot of the game there. And he had one bad fumble that really cost him. Yeah, uh, that was a bummer. Uh-huh. That, that was sad. Yeah, but so they, they picked off Herbert, which um, I, I don't think, I don't know if I saw that pick. Was that like a his fault or like a weird thing or? It was a his fault, okay. but it was also a great play by the corner. Gotcha. It was, it was, you know. I'm not really gonna knock Herbert for it. Yeah, they were they were behind with not much time left. Right. So, but uh, overall, like Herbert looked pretty good. Yeah, dude, Herbert's good. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, I mean that's you know (laughs) that's just that sky is blue. So, (laughs) so oh, the he got screwed. Um, there is a play if you go back and watch. He threw a so he's at the ten yard line and throws a pass. Oh, that fumble! It's like that was so bullshit. Touchback. Yeah, that was lame as hell. How's the ball gonna go ten yards forward and it not be a forward pass? What the fuck? Yeah, that, that <laughs> being a fumble through the end zone, that was so that was so Chargers. <laughs> like, oh my lord. Oh man, like th- that's true. They maybe should have had a, a lead when they, you know, when that shit happened <laughs> instead of exactly. And then it over. of course, you know, Gibson fumbled, but to me, it was just kind of riding the ship at that point because yeah, they really karmic balance out of, out of a touchdown there. Uh huh. So they gave it back. Yeah. I, I do want to talk about the Chargers target distribution. So 13 to Keenan Allen, 12 to Mike Williams, and 8 to Jared Cook. Uh, the oh, next yeah. next up was 5 for Jalen Guyton. But a clear, you know, dynamic duo out receiver. And then Jared Cook is definitely going to be involved. Austin Eckler did not get a target, which I, I think is, you know, not going to be a regular thing. But definitely worth noting that they didn't revolve the offense around him in the passing game at all. So I, this is one thing I noted too. I'm glad you brought it up. So uh, 
Washington's strength defensively is their linebacking core, and they use the linebackers for everything. In fact, they use them for coverage a lot too, which is why you saw a lot of Jared Cook, I think, um, because they're using their linebackers in coverage a ton with Holcomb and Jamin Davis, all these guys back there. They're using their linebackers a lot as opposed mm-hmm. to maybe some safety play. They kind of keep the defense like into thirds. They have their pass rush. They have their guys up front and the middle of the field, and then they have their secondary and their safeties, and they don't really divide it up too much. So I think tight ends can actually be pretty good against Washington this year as sort of a gap in this. Gotcha. So your your take is more of like it was a game-planning thing by the Chargers to not, you know, yep, to not go, shove Eckler into Eckler yeah. and to go for Cook a little bit more. That I basically sense. put if the tight end is bigger and better than some of the linebackers, they're going to use them against Washington. <laughs> uh-huh. And then Evan Ingram was going to be in for Thursday. That would be wonderful. But I guess Cal Rudolph? I don't know. But <laughs> yeah, the the Chargers, are, man, I'm, getting this win was good for them and my season hype for them. And oh, then yeah. And then Roundtree is the number two, it seems like. So. He is, yeah. He overtook Justin Jackson's spot. Mm-hmm. So, man, these rookies quickly climbing up the ladders. This this was one of those, like, gross but good games. Gross, but it was good. It was it was fun to watch. And uh-huh. I was impressed with Heineke. So, I'm, you know, if I'm a Washington fan, uh, you know, don't lose all hope. I love Fitz, but Heineke's the man. Mm-hmm. He's, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for this Thursday game, which is weird to say for Washington <laughs> and Giants, but... We'll talk about that in our preview. Uh, next up, we've got Cleveland at Kansas City. I watched most of this game live. This was a hell of a yeah. game, as expected. Dude, the 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 Browns, I, I, th- I think your <laughs> overall take was right, where you were so into the Browns but just couldn't take them. And that's pretty much I what know. this game That's what this game was. <laughs> it was the Browns. They really should have won, but they didn't. Yeah. It's just <laughs> Mahomes is a cheat code, dude. Yep. And like Mahomes to Kelsey especially is just absurd. Uh, yeah, I, I think a lot of people will probably watch this game, so I don't, I don't know if we need to go over too much. It was pretty much the teams doing their things that they're good at. Like, I don't know how I don't... Right. Which I think there's anything worth noting. I guess Njoku and Schwartz getting involved. <laughs> he also cost them dearly on the final drive. Uh, he didn't die for a ball that he should have. Would have kept the drive alive. And he, he had a pretty costly penalty late in the game. Yeah, the, the chug fumble was a bummer for the Browns there, but... I think the only thing I'll mention is last year uh, we noted specifically the Browns stink over the middle of the field uh-huh. defensively, and offenses target that with tight ends and slot work, and I would say that is 100% still the case. But it's hard to say because it's Kelsey. Their yeah. linebackers are still are still not good, though. Yeah, it's... Yeah, JOK it's, it's is good, but he's going to be going after the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm looking through here, and I, so I love looking at target distribution to snap counts just because I think that's telling even though sometimes the production doesn't follow and i I think it's a cobble that someone could be on the field and not get a single target and you can be like well that's not their role um mccall only three targets i don't think mccall hardman is someone we should hold our breaths on no Uh, i would agree with that yeah with clyde so he still got some receiving work i think clyde will have his games this just wasn't the game script for it Uh uh-huh um i think the chargers game might end up being more of a clyde game honestly but yeah i could see that so he he's I think he's more of an RB two though, just because there's going to be inconsistence like with his workload. But I think he'll have enough weeks where he lucked into a touchdown, just because of this offense to be fine. Which they are. 
Their O line is definitely better. Yeah, that, that, dude. Yeah, that was so evident. <laughs> oh, like, there is an important injury. Jedrick Wills is hurt. Oh uh, uh, yeah, and that is pretty big as their left tackle. Um, I'm gonna see if I can find the nature. Of it. That yeah, was he's so. To mention. He's pretty vital to what they do. AKA uh, ankle chubbage. A- ankle, but negative X-rays. Okay, so probably not too long. Yeah, that's good. I I think they can manage against Houston without him if they need to. Yeah. But oh, dude. I, I yeah, Nick Nick Chubb is so good. 83 yards on 15 carries. Tuddies. <laughs> dude, I I man, I know I'm a little biased towards Chubb, but he's so good. Oh, I love Chubb. Yeah. I ride that train every day. <laughs> oh. Wubba lubba chub chub. <laughs> and then yeah, so Odell was out for this game. There was a lot of questionable, questionable, but sounded like he was gonna play. He did not go. It looked like a, uh, I'm going to see how I feel in warm-ups, and if I'm not, then I'm not going to push it. Uh-huh. And that was what happened. Yeah, I'm curious when he's going to come back. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if he if they were like, hey, we're going to put you on IR for three weeks. Like, I don't I don't think that's likely. I think, But I think there's a non-zero chance if he's just really not quite ready yet that they might do that. I mean, they're playing the Texans next week, and that's a case where, you know, if you're not 100%, we'll be okay uh-huh. because we can win with Chubb, the line, and Hunt yeah. and, like, a couple other guys. Uh-huh. If they did put them, like, so this is just if. They do play Texans, Bears, Vikings, all winnable games, I think, without Odell. So I'm not saying they will, but I think it's something they could do to make sure he's okay and they could – afford it without it costing them dearly or anything yeah they could hold him out uh-huh it wouldn't surprise me if he took another week off. Uh-huh. oh yeah this right yeah i think they, i think they should definitely rest him against the texans yeah because like i said even though the texans won i'm not expecting that most week but hell of a game so moving on to miami and new england i got to watch a good chunk of this game mac jones is good man i don't know what else to say he's good <laughs> um the game didn't go entirely in his favor they really should have won this, basically. I remember texting yeah. you this. I was like, they pretty much should have won it. Harris just, like, fumbled at the very end. Yep. And, yeah, because they were going to, you know, score, kick a field goal or whatever when they were down 16-17, and then blop. And, yeah. That was it. <laughs> that was that. So, yeah, the, um, the, the the most impressive thing about Mac Jones for me is his pocket presence. He's just, like... He has that like exact internal timer and like knowing when to move. That that was one of the things like we liked about him was I the the reason that right. well well one the Brady draft picture and then the, and you know the Joe shirtless picture but two <laughs> Brady is the best at moving around the pocket and it's especially noteworthy because he's not you know if you know like I you know he's an NFL athlete but he's not you know Lamar Jackson or something and so. When you see Mac Jones wiggled around, you're like, oh, man, I bet that just makes Bill smile. And so, oh, yeah. yeah, they they spread around a lot this game. You know, got some white action, got some, you know, both tight ends a little bit. But Aguilar was the main guy. And that was he was someone who we talked about as, like, if we had to pick a receiver, probably Aguilar. Someone yeah. late, Aguilar. They paid him a ton, and it worked out for him this game. But uh, Jacoby Myers did lead in targets, so he's someone who – will probably work out in a pinch, especially against the Jets next week. But oh, yeah. definitely keep an eye on this running back room because uh, Ramondre fumbled, but I think Bill might be a little upset with Harris for that late fumble. That pretty much just like they had the game, but they ran again, and then they didn't have the game. <laughs> so, Oh, I bet 
Bill is fuming. Fumbles uh-huh. are like, oh. Yeah, because Stevenson got, he did not come back in after that fumble. <laughs> yeah. So I could see them maybe making J.J. Taylor active next week, possibly. <laughs> so TBD. But on the Dolphins side, so obviously you love seeing Waddle get touchdown. So Tua, he had, two, I think, two really bad plays, and then okay. everything else was good, in my opinion. Obviously, you know, he didn't, wasn't perfect, but he had one throw that should have been picked, and then his pick was kind of rough. But everything else I thought was, for the most part, solid from him. Um, he looked on the same page with Waddle, looked pretty good with Parker. I, 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 the Gusecki donut was the weirdest part of this for me. I really would have thought he would have gotten involved, but I, I'm, you know, I guess Bill's plan was, hey, let's take out Gusecki. So I guess, yeah. But they get Will Fuller back next week, and I'm really excited to see how they look with their full complement of guys. But, dude, Gaskin looked really good. Gas- he Gas- did look Gaskin's- good. Gaskin can be their guy, and they don't have to worry about getting other guys involved. I think they should just rely on him. It's surprising because of how bad their line is that they have any run success. But Gaskin does look good. Yeah, he's solid. And then he's good at catching. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he- yeah, he's a really solid receiving back. But once this 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 was a, I think we expected this game to be low for sure. It's too oh, definitely. It's Flores and Belichick going at each other. <laughs> it's two good defenses going at each other with young quarterbacks. I mean, I don't think this is an expected shootout, but I think we can expect maybe a little more offensive outputs from these teams in coming weeks. With especially next week where New England gets the Jets, and then I think the Bills will push Miami more, and Miami will get Fuller back. So I'm really excited to see. What these teams do going forward, but I think they both have a lot of promise uh, in, you know, moving forward. Yeah. No, I agree with that. Pretty much went, though, what we thought. It was yeah. low scoring. It was kind of gross. They slowed the game down. Uh-huh. Yeah, not not many plays at all in this game. Let's see. Yeah, 52 for the Dolphins. Really slow game for them. Patriots still ran 70 plays, so not bad, but, yeah, just not, not much going on in this one. Patriots... Really one time of possession, 36 minutes to like 23 minutes, basically. I guess 37 minutes almost, but yeah, that, that's been that, that fun. They literally, they should have won except for that fumble. So, except for the fumble. Uh huh. Oh, Bill's going to have a field day this week. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of field days, the uh, Saints had a field day against the Green Bay Packers, man. What the fuck happened? Tell me what the fuck Tell me what the fuck this? happened, man. Um, so I think people are going to start to learn this guy's name. His name is Joe Barry. And when he got hired as the Packers defensive coordinator earlier in the year, every single Packers fan was like, what the fuck? Why? No. Cause this guy is one of the worst, one of the worst defensive coordinators I've ever seen. He was the defensive coordinator for the Owen 16 lions <laughs> and his entire career basically should have not happened. He got noticed because he married Rod Marinelli's daughter. And Rod Marinelli at one point even said, I wish my daughter had married a better coordinator for his <laughs> own guy that he brought on to his team. Oh my he god, was, that's fucking hilarious. Right? He was out of the league in the NFL for a while and went back to college where he failed and then became a position coach. And somehow now he is back in the NFL. That defense of the Packers looked completely misschemed and lost for the entire game they made Jameis look like a superstar every single guy who was min price on DraftKings for the saints got a touchdown this week because of how 
terrible this scheme was for the Packers. I'm just going to rail on it all year because I feel bad like that they have to go through this. I don't know why they hired the guy. They wanted to get <laughs> Jim Leonard, who was at Wisconsin. He was also a safety for the Jets and was really good as a safety. And he was basically like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm going to stay at Wisconsin. So they went with this guy, and it is just, oh, my Rough. Lord. So I guess my main takeaway is I do think maybe I was a little too harsh on the Saints, but I also think that this might be one of the Saints' best offensive performances of the year. And I expect them to come down to earth a little bit. Um, yeah, so I didn't. He, yeah, <laughs> I didn't expect the Saints' uh, defense to perform as well as they did because we talked about all the guys they lost in the offseason. right? And so that and was like the big surprise for me. That was definitely the other part of this. Is even though I was not necessarily expecting the Packers' defense to go down the toilet with Joe Barry, but I was definitely waiting for it. But the Green Bay offense was horrible. And honestly, it just looked like they got dominated in the trenches. That's, I mean, that's the biggest thing I could come up with when watching this game is the Saints were just putting tons of pressure on Rodgers and confusing him, and which is hard to say. And <laughs> on the flip side, the Saints' O-line was just dominating the Packers' D-line. Um, both were... Definitely likely outcomes, but it was to, like, the nth degree. The Packers' rookie linemen looked like rookie linemen, and that's very scary. Yeah, they miss Bakhtiari already. Yeah, they do. And their interior with Josh Myers is like a rookie center, and because they they left, they let Lindsley go. Yeah. And I th- the other guy, I think, is Royce Newman. He's a rookie. I mean, their center and right guard are bad. And that's bad because you got them both next to each other. <laughs> yeah. So I was going to ask, so what do you expect from the Packers going forward and the Saints going forward? Do you think they'll both kind of normalize a bit? I mean, exactly. There's no way the Packers stay that shitty on offense every week. No, it's like the they're on a seesaw and they tossed a giant boulder to the Packers. So they're way down right now Check. at the bottom. But it, I expect it to even out a lot more. And eventually, I think the Packers will be on the the higher point mm-hmm. of that uh, of that seesaw because um, the but Packers because offense, of the they'll figure it out. Yeah, the defense, defense may not. The defense may not. It, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, we might be talking about some lines specifically. Uh, I guess pretty much the main three lines, but um, <laughs> for the Monday Night Preview. Right. But yeah, dude, I get, I'm really conf- I just confused about like how to feel about the Saints defense at this point in time. Well, so Rodgers... Today was on Pat McAfee and said he got punched in the nuts twice. <laughs> and that was like at the same time. And that's what caused one of the picks, which I think is like kind of warranted. You know what? That's fair. He was laughing it off as like, yeah, you know, I guess I really should do a better job with the football. But they, <laughs> they one guy came in from the front and a left hook and hit me right in the nuts. And then some guy came from behind and hit me from the right side. And uh, oh, I got both nuts. Individually, yeah, both nuts smacked. individually. Yep. <laughs> Poor both guy. nuts cracked. Because <laughs> that was on the drive uh, where they were moving the ball in the third. They were actually having a drive and <laughs> tried to drive. hit Devontae on a really short, close route on a on a play you never see Rogers throw a pick on, and he just yeah yeah. So like in in the first half, the Saints still moved the ball 
well, like full field. They got a bunch of short fields later in the game that got it out of hand, but yep. their offense still moved the ball really well. Pretty much, I like I, Kamara did a lot of early work, and so I know his fantasy output wasn't huge because the starters didn't even play the whole time. I think most of the fourth was backups, like Tony Jones got a lot of his touches in garbage time, but Kamara still got 20 carries and four targets in not a full game. So, yep. yeah. Moving oh, forward, Kamara did a lot. Yeah, <laughs> moving forward, like, when games are closer, he's going to be nuts. And so, I'm curious to see if they, like, whoop on the Panthers, how the Panthers do against them. And that's, uh, like, week two is, well, you not like my favorite, but week two is always huge because you get, like, a really good gauge on what was, you know, just random shit and what was, you know, real shit. <laughs> right. So Is this a pattern or was that an anomaly? Uh-huh. And I think with week two, you get sort of clarification. Yeah. So moving on, we got Denver at the Giants. Um, I watched a fair amount of this game, and I I think that the score properly indicates how it went. I know I know you mentioned, I've also heard two people say, like, oh, it wasn't even as close as the score. I don't think that's accurate, honestly, because, like, Melvin and Gordon broke off a 70-yard run with four and a half minutes left. Like, that's essentially garbage time. Like, Daniel Jones also got his garbage time touchdown. So, each team got a late touchdown that didn't really matter a whole lot. Yeah, so, I mean, 27-13 is still a schmeckledorfing by the Broncos. That's, yeah, I mean. Yeah, but <laughs> I liked what I saw. So, okay, first, unfortunate big bummer for Jerry Judy getting hurt. That sucks. Yeah, he's out for, uh, I think they said, like, six weeks or something. Eight weeks, oh. a while. High ankle sprain. Can't remember the exact timing on it, but huge, huge ouchie, huge bummer. It sucks oh, to have someone. Our that call good. on him was so good. Yeah, he was balling out. I'm seeing four to six <clears> weeks. <throat> I, I'm assuming more towards the six week. Uh, yeah. I, they have no reason to rush him back because he's a huge cornerstone of their French to their franchise. And then um, Evan Ingram was also on the other side. He's probably going to be out again for a Thursday game. But yeah, so I liked what I saw from Denver. They were surprisingly aggressive. I didn't expect the Teddy Water, t- Teddy Bridgewater Broncos to be aggressive at all, but they were, and it was really nice to see. Yeah, <laughs> like they were going for it on like I think like fourth and seven or some shit. So wow, yeah, they were moving the ball well. Teddy, like so he obviously liked Jerry Judy, but he and Noah Fant were really on the same page too. Fant led the team in targets. Um, obviously, he said Judy went out, but. Fan got eight targets, and uh, so okay. Also, Hamler just dropped a an easy touchdown bomb from Teddy. So this <laughs> should have been a bigger day for him, and Hamler should have had a big day. So it was like a fifty yard, or, I don't know around that, but like a a long touchdown that just went right through his hands. It was like, oh my god, you should have had that oh. and had a huge play. But we saw but, Tim Patrick come in and do well. There you go. I was gonna say Denver ended up with exactly four hundred twenty yards in the uh, city that smokes. So. <laughs> Hamler was just doing his justice. <laughs> Had to get the nice the four twenty for him, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> or four twenty. We gotta, we gotta, you know, just can it in. Uh, I was gonna ask, but it looks like the Broncos ran sixty six plays, um, and were seven to fifteen on third down, and third of three for three on fourth down. So, yeah, uh, the, the the three fourth down was what I like. I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> What? And like they threw 36 times in a game they controlled the whole game. I'm like, yeah. this is not what I expected the Broncos to look like, but it's good. Uh, we got an 11 14 carry split for Gordon with, and Javante, with Javante leading them on that. Uh, Melvin Gordon got more of the passing work. We didn't see any of that for Javante, but 
the Broncos looked good, and my concern with them was the offense, and I feel definitely much less concerned. Now, their their corners, what, what, so when they play good offenses, which it might be a bit because they get Jags and Jets the next two weeks, um, uh-huh. like even like the Ravens don't use receivers a ton, so like we may not see their corners get tested a lot. Early in the year, it might be the Chiefs and Chargers games where we see them really just get shredded in the secondary. Yeah. But. Well, yeah, because they lost Ronald Darby for the year. Yeah. Or it might not be for the year, but he is on. Yeah, they lost him for yeah, they lost him for a while at least. So uh, now they have Sertan. They drafted Sertan. Yeah. So they're not sunk, but now they do have a rookie. Uh huh. Yeah. They, they're, their corner, their corners are now thinner. So, yeah, that. So the good receivers are going to have some good times against them, I think. But on the Giants side, so, okay, dimes. <laughs> so he did fumble, as is tradition, but it right. wasn't his typical aloof-in-the-pocket fumble. It was diving for more <laughs> yardage, and the ball gets knocked out on the way down fumble. So I'm not going to shit on him for that. Um, he didn't have a lot of his, like, oh, my God, oh, no. So that's good. Um he didn't get a lot of time with these guys in the offseason. Most of these guys were hurt all or part of the offseason. So the Giants, I think, expectedly are starting slow as we get Tony integrated more, as he and Galladay. So him and Galladay, I think once they get more acquainted, they're going to really riff. Um, towards the end of the game, you kind of saw Jones putting it out there more for Galladay, and he grabs it. That's what Galladay does. So right. he was giving Galladay, you know, chances to make those plays. Uh, obviously, we saw like him and Slayton keep riffing, and Sterling Shepard had himself a game too. So yeah, that's why I, I mean I like Kenny because it doesn't always look like he's open, but his body size and his body control—he's really good at contested catches, and he's uh-huh. in them a lot. But he comes down with them. Yeah. So <laughs> I think I think Dives will will throw some picks trying to get it to Kenny, but I think we'll see some <laughs> just really fun, amazing plays as he does it as well. So, and then Barkley didn't really get anything going, I think, as we kind of probably expected this week. But right. I, I think the Giants will will improve as the year goes on. I'm not I'm not ready yeah. to dumpster them yet. Their offense definitely will. I think their defense will stay consistent. Uh huh. Consistently I think, solid. Yeah. Amazing. I think I think they'll struggle some against the run. Yes. Um. But they're they're not going to be a you know total bottom. They're not going to be like shit. So right, <laughs> they won't be garbage. Uh huh. But uh, moving on, we've got Chicago at the Rams. This game went pretty to much. A <laughs> yeah, dude, the Bears cannot tackle for shit. <laughs> like they let Van Jefferson like hit the ground and come back up without touching him on the ground. Oh, that was they like bad. lose yeah. some coverage. Yeah, Henderson got through a lot of tackles. Cut out through tackles. Like they they just couldn't bring anyone down. So player yak guys. As it, like yards after catch and yards after contact, carry running backs like play them against the Bears. Da boof, da Bears. <laughs> yeah, uh, David. So this is why I, I think I watched this whole thing live. David Montgomery still looks really good. He does. He does look good. Yeah. So he got faster. He got more burst. He looked yes. his rookie year. The big shit on him was like he looked slow. And he kind of picked it up some last year, and this year he's looking the part, which which is weird because usually running backs like start strong and then fade, but he's really hitting his stride, and he's he's gotten 
the necessary bursts he needs for his play style. So David Montgomery is like the lone bright spot for this team, pretty much. Yeah, and A Rob, but you know. Yeah, you know, man, yeah, you know. dude, the route tree for A Rob made me so fucking sad. It was a bunch of short ass shit. I'm like, yeah. please get Fields in soon, soon, please. soon. Please start Fields soon. I know <laughs> I probably won't be next week against the Bengals, but man, I hope the Bengals beat up on Dalton and get Fields in. Not like hurt him, but like just make him play bad. You know that thing. Our uh, prediction that the Bears secondary would be trash was absolutely. Oh. My yeah. God, their secondary it's is so bad, trash. dude. The, I can't believe they let Fuller go, dude. I'm probably gonna pick the Bengals next week. I I'm right there with you. I don't like I the the idiocy of letting such a good corner go. Their their secondary sucks. I mean, it really is bad. It's it's rough because <laughs> I know we talked about like so I guess because Fuller's on the Broncos now. We talked about their secondary being beatable now. They still got him and Sertan. Now they don't have Darby, so they're not gonna be bad but right yeah this bears one is bad now dude it's bad yeah i'm expecting the Bengals to just pass all over them next week but yeah dude stafford has such an effect okay let's take a moment to just be happy for stafford real quick right Uh, oh so happy for stafford man i feel like he went back into the bears like playing the bears and he's like (laughs) look look at my new friends yeah yeah basically like showing up with the squad and aaron donald is there and like it's just like oh no what have we done yeah the guy that used to make funny come up with your new squad yeah because like okay stafford had a great game but he it was so easy for him i know gosh he only threw 26 times he completed 20 of those and had 320 yards yes big plays but the coverage yeah yeah he was 2.2 2.2 away from a perfect passer rating. He's like, who wants a touchdown cup? You get one. Jefferson, all right, yeah, you get one. Woods, well, well Woods we gotta get one to board. Woods. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> yeah. He had, he had a smaller day receiving-wise, but I, he'd be getting involved. It was nice to see. He got 568, so that was good. And I think, as expected, we talked about Sony not being involved this game because everything McVay was saying was, hey, we're not we're going to give Sony some time. And that's what they did. It was Henderson this game. Yep. So as we move forward, we will see more Sony, I'm pretty sure. But this was expected. This is what McVay was telling us. Yep. So. Yeah, it's a new offense. They just signed him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marquise Godwin was a thing in this game. I didn't expect that. <laughs> <laughs> so was Komet. Yeah. Komet got a lot of targets. That was good to see. And then I got to give a shout out to my guy, David Williams. <laughs> Damian Williams, yeah. baby. When they got to catch up, man, he got his five targets. So, <laughs> not Tariq Cohen role, but they used him in in catch up mode some. So, oh yeah, not you're not the, you know, you're not, the Damian Williams whisperer. Not not dude, that's such a weird fucking <laughs> role to be. But I'll you know what? I'll take it. Hey. <laughs> Oh gosh, but yeah, this, this the Bears need to get Fields in and rip the bandit off. I don't know what the fuck they're doing. Everyone who's like, oh, this guy sat, this guy sat, there's a fucking reason. Like, you don't need to sit behind Andy Dalton. Like, what the fuck are you going to learn watching him get his ass beat by the Rams? <laughs> like, it's so dumb. Like, yeah, the O-line isn't good, and maybe you don't want him to get hurt, but you're, give, I mean, give your team the best chance to win. Yeah, it's like you're basically saying, hey, like, if if that's the argument too, we're saying, hey, we'll just let Andy Dalton get hurt, and pretty much saying we value him less as a human because we want him to get hurt and not Justin Fields. Like, right? No, just put Justin Fields in. 
So yeah, I'll just put Dalton in. It's okay if he dies. Yeah. You, you sacrifice him dies. to the Rams. Yeah. I, if the Bengals get up next week and he struggles, and I, I think Fields is going to come in. I don't. I think the timer is short on Fields, and the short timer is short on Nagy. If they're losing to the fucking Bengals, you yep. bet your ass he's going to make a change. You're going to be like, shit, I can't lose another game. No, that's a really good point. I mean, for Nagy, it makes sense to put Fields in because you have a little bit more of an excuse if you're losing games with a rookie. Uh-huh. If you're making the conscious decision to go with Dalton over Fields and you're still losing games, your front office is like, uh, bruh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, they get the Bengals, who they they have the potential to beat, but then they get the Browns, and that's tough, and they get the Lions. If they, like, I don't know how long Andy will play, but, like, if they, like, go 0-3 and are not beating the Lions soundly, uh, so, yeah, Fields needs to come in soon. That's the takeaway from this game. Rams, Rams are good and fun. Uh, my official prediction is we'll see Dalton through Bengals. He'll get benched against the Browns, and his first official start will be. Because you Which, also have to imagine there's probably pressure from the front office, too, to get Fields in because uh-huh. uh, Ryan Pace wants to keep his job, too. <laughs> and if he drafted a superstar in Fields, he's going to be like, please get him in as soon as possible so uh-huh. I can look not as bad. <laughs> please. Yeah. But next up we had... Probably one of our other unexpected outcomes. This this game closed at a minus three spread, and we thought that was absurd. But the the Raiders won outright. This game was drunk. <laughs> this game was drunk. This game was on drugs, dude. This was this was an emotional. This was so stressful because obviously I have a lot of Lamar. You know, we were we needed Waller not get a certain amount to lose to like the vampire in this one league. Um, I'm a Raiders Happy fan. <laughs> yeah, it was it was an emotional roller coaster for me on on a billion fronts, and <laughs> it's like you're you're also a Lamar fan. Yeah, it's a thing. It's like oh, and so this ah, man, there's a lot to talk about here. So Carr came out, had a good day against his defense. Also, this defense they were missing Peters this game, and then I can't remember who like Wolf on the on the D line. So they were weakened um, without Marcus Peters and uh, Wolf on the O line, but they were also missing Jimmy Smith. So Peters, we knew was going to be out after the year, uh, but Jimmy Smith was someone who was questionable, and him being out really weak in their secondary. They pretty much had Marlon Humphreys on everybody at some point. Yeah. Um. And, and he, dude, that guy balled out. Like he balled out until the very last play, where he <laughs> didn't keep track of Zay fucking Jones. And yep. So yeah, dude, that this this game was just nuts. Waller got 19 fucking targets for better right. or worse. Brian Edwards, like, at the end of the game, just turned on the fucking Jets. Renfro got nine targets, and I think that's worth noting because they get the Steelers next week, and I think Renfro will probably be in play against the Steelers. Carr loves him. Yeah. <laughs> that that like, car safe target. Him. So, um, Jacobs, I th- <laughs> so I don't think I said much from him, um, especially with his, like, designation coming. He looked kind of gippy throughout the game. He did get his two touchdowns, but they definitely throughout used Drake the whole a lot. game. Yeah. He was going over to the sideline like a little banged up. It was concerning. Uh-huh. Yeah, Drake got five targets, five catches, 59 yards. So he's going to be like PPR, like possibly PPR, like, you know, emergency running back, you know, RB2 by week guy for you if you got him. But, <clears throat> yeah, the, man, the Lamar's fumbles, like, cost them this game. They did. Uh-huh. They were bad fumbles. Yeah, they had, a, they had, Chances at the end that he fumbled and it fucked him up. Now, there was one play where Tyson missed a block, and I think that led to the Lamar fumble, and that's why we didn't see any more Tyson after that. Yep. 
I so. did see that, yeah. Uh-huh. But, yeah, I mean, if he cleans up the fumbles, this is entirely different game. Obviously, you, know, you can say if to everything, but, yeah. I, I think the the story of the night was just Max Crosby and the Raiders pass Dude. rush just absolutely ate this Baltimore O-line for breakfast. Yeah, Max Crosby just owned Villanueva, and I guess we know why he was available now. He looked bad. He looked bad. <laughs> Maybe he's rusty, but, yeah, he got a shit rot. Max Crosby and Nassib were... Playing really well, and they so, you know, if you asked me a week ago who I take Steelers Raiders, I'd be like, oh Steelers. But now I'm gonna have to like think about it because Steelers O line, yeah, they're definitely worse than the Raiders than the Ravens line, and this Raiders pass rush like might give them problems. Now the Pittsburgh receivers are all different story, but yeah, man, this game is <laughs> a roller coaster for me. I I don't I don't even know how to talk about it besides just like saying all this shit that happened. But, there was just a lot going on. Because, yeah. okay, Hollywood looked good. Yes. I felt like every he, time he, he got the ball, he looked good. I think he learned how to catch. I think he might have. Yeah, he, like, was using good technique catching for once. He made, like, a difficult grab. I'm like, this is a fucking revelation. It took them drafting Bateman and bringing in Sammy, who <laughs> got a big catch. Right. And I think Lamar, like, Lamar liked Sammy, it seems, so... Yeah, he did. I definitely think that the Ravens are trying to pass more, which I commend. Uh-huh. Um, I'm glad they're doing it. They just need their receivers back. Um, but the pressure from the Raiders' defense on Lamar was a lot. They really put pressure on him, and he couldn't just sit back there and get the ball out to his receivers. Yeah. Next um, week against the Steelers is going to be really interesting. Uh-huh. Dude, I'm so sad about Dobbins because we saw Tyson get uh, some targets. I know. I'm like, I'm like, that was the Dobbins role. That was the Dobbins yeah. role for this year. I know, like, the system helped the running backs a lot. I think Tyson, like, aside from that bad, like, okay, he's a terrible pass blocker, but he ran really well. Um, He did. He played with a lot of uh, energy, too. He was really... Yeah, his touchdown that. run was really impressive. But as, so, as much as, like, running backs do or don't matter... They miss Gus and Dobbins. I think Gus and yeah. Dobbins being in could have very well been a difference in this game. I know. With better pass blocking and just better talent running the ball like this team wants to do a lot. So, and I, I do want to say, so we talked about this as the game was going on. On the Ravens' last drive, I'm like, oh, this is nice because the Ravens, they usually, like, will go for the touchdown, and, but, like, settle for the field goal. But it seemed like they, like, played for the field goal on that last drive i'll be honest it did i think they did i and was a little came disappointed back to bite it, yeah yep because they pretty much like at the very end just ran ran i mean okay the last play was like looks like a pass and he ran but you gotta try i know you want to run the clock but man i think you got you got to go for the t- you you have timeouts like i know you want them to burn their timeouts but like it's more important for you to get a touchdown because then they have to get a touchdown yep yeah so I think I think a a slightly poor management situation there and then some fumbles definitely cost them. So I Hey, congrats to the Raiders winning yeah. their first home game. Yeah, like I said, I did not expect that and it was a pleasant surprise as a Raiders fan to see them win. Oh, Lamar. Is this gonna be the year he throws a lot? Dude, maybe. That'd be <laughs> fucking wild, man. They don't have Gus, they don't have Dobbins, they're getting Bateman back soon, they have Sammy and Marquise Brown looks like he can catch now. Yeah, Lamar's going to have to do a lot this year. Yeah, he's going to have to put the team on his back. Uh-huh. He can do it, though. Maybe. Yeah, no, th- this, this is going to be a big year for him and his, like, th- growth and development and everything, so. Yeah. 
but yeah, this this was a hell of a game to cap off the week, dude. Oh my god, it was such a good Monday. Yeah, there night were a game. lot. Of, there were a lot of good games this week. I know there were some like you know shit shows, but aside like the Sunday night game was eh, kind of whatever. But the you know Thursday night game, Monday night game, uh, there was a good game in each other section of time. Like so, very good. Yeah, they should have swapped uh, the Rams Bears for the Chiefs Browns. Oh, dude, I was I was surprised that was not the night game, but the Chiefs play the Ravens. Uh, Sunday night. That's that's the Chiefs. The Chiefs have game. owned the Ravens, but that, I mean that's always that's always a blast to watch. So, right. but yeah, that's uh, what we got from Week One. Hopefully, uh, like so, we got some eyes. I think we got eyes on most or all of the games. So hopefully, we can you know fill in what you couldn't see. I and, think we got all of them. I think we had eyes on every game. Yeah. So, you know, even if we all can't watch them all, I think you and I splitting them up, and you know getting you know seeing bits and pieces but you know one person being able to actually see okay this is what happened helps a lot because there's only so much you can get from a couple twitter highlights or reading box scores or whatever so it's good to get the full like reasoning for it especially after week one because week yeah one, for you sure. have your overreaction day where everyone is like oh my god the packers suck and the saints are going to the super bowl and we're here to be like you know let's uh why don't we take a seat mm-hmm. take a seat <laughs> Like Chris take a seat. Why don't you take a seat right there? <laughs> that, oh, man. We will be back soon with our uh, week two previews. We'll have a separate thing for the Thursday night. Well, that'll, that'll probably be a common thing where we have a separate Thursday night preview episode because we usually record like on a Tuesday or Wednesday for the review, and then it'll be later in the week for the preview. But we obviously want to get that Thursday night out before that. So uh, thank you all for tuning in. You can find us on Twitter and TikTok at Mozzie and Muscle. I've been posting a couple like DFS-related things on our TikTok. And you can find us online at mozzieandthemuscle.com.